Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Good morning, everyone. So good to be here. I uh, am excited every time I get an opportunity to stand in this pulpit because I could... Oh, thank you. I decided I, I wanted to use this, and I decided I didn't, and then they brought it, so I'm going to sit down. I may use it later. So good to be a part of this, this body. When I think about standing and trying to minister in a house like this, it's uh, very, very intimidating because there are so many of you that are here that uh, I've met, that I know, that have walked with God for so many years and seen the things of God and, and just awesome in what God is doing, you're men and women of God with great, not only character and stature, but great knowledge and understanding. So it's my privilege to be a part of what you're doing, what God is doing here. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor today. We're going to, we're going to go several different places, but I want to talk about God is doing a new thing. How many, how many of you are afraid of new things? Pray for liars later. Because when God is doing something new, it's scary. So when um, I've been around this world a few years and in ministry for quite a few, and I've seen God do a lot of new things that are just really, really awesome. And it's good when he does a new thing in you, because I love to rejoice with you. But when he decides he wants to do something new in me, then we got to talk about that. How many of you agree? Amen. Because it's fun to watch God do stuff. How many of you enjoy watching God do things and just being God? I just love him being God because he's just so awesome and so powerful. And the things that he does, um, the natural things that we see him doing all around us are marvelous. But when he moves into that God mode and we see him touch people's lives and change, my gracious, change from deep within lives that now become on fire for him. Man, it's awesome to watch that. You know, when you see it in your family, you see it in church family, you see it across the world. As I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about, you know, things that God is doing in the world and so many of them that we have no idea about it because God is behind the scenes doing all kinds of things. But the beautiful part about God is he's always doing something and it just really dawned on me that these things are not new to him because from the foundation of the world, from the foundation, the very beginning, he knew me, he knew you. He had a plan and a purpose for our lives. He knew what he wanted us to do. Those new things are just sometimes to get us back on track, sometimes to open our eyes to new revelations, sometimes the ability just to see what he's doing and rejoice but he's always in the mode of doing something because the um, Bible says he never sleeps or slumbers. I'm excited that we serve that kind of a God. It's gonna be fun today as we talk about new things because I'm gonna ask you to open your heart and listen with your heart. Please don't use your head, okay? Because if you use your head, it'll probably scare you to death, but use your heart because I, I love it when God just goes straight to the heart and don't be afraid of it. 
Don't be afraid of it. If you're here today and you're a born-again believer, that's how you got saved. He went straight to your heart. If, you, if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, he's going to go straight to your heart today. He's going to show you how much he loves you. And he cares for you and wants you to see this. See, salvation is a new thing. Sometimes coming back to the Lord is a new thing. There's so many things that God is doing in our lives that he wants us to attach ourselves to. And what we wind up doing is we wind up partnering with him. Isn't that exciting? We get to partner with the creator of the universe. We get to partner with the one who set all of this in motion, the one who knew you before you were ever born. He knew you and understood the things were going on and promises to walk through all of this with us. So those things that are happening in our lives, they may be new to us, but they're not new to him. So it's important that we take this into this message today and understand. I want to look at this passage of scripture out of Isaiah this is going to be kind of our jumping off point. And when we see this and really understand that what God is really trying to do here in our lives is get us to, to use that first word. If you take your Bibles and go to Isaiah 43, 18, your phone or whatever you've got, and uh, there it is up on the screen now. Look at it. Remember what he says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and my gracious, that passage of scripture goes on and on and on about the goodness of God. Here's the thing I want you to see out of it. Look at that first, that first word in the, in the second verse, behold. That's an important word, but it's also a word of excitement. It's a word of looking at something. Have you ever been to a place and you saw something and you grabbed the attention of the arm of another person beside him and said, look, 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 look. That's what that's about. Behold, look what he says. Look, look, and continuously look. In the, in the Hebrew, that's what it means. It means the continuously looking. So when he says this, what he's saying simply is, everybody forget about all the stuff that's gone on in the past. Turn to your neighbor. Say, can you do that? It's hard, isn't it? God is speaking to a people in captivity. He's, he's talking to these people. He's saying these things, but he's saying, look, I've got a new plan. I've got a plan that's better. Now, this is prophesied that's speaking forth to the coming of Messiah. And he's saying, look, I want you to start looking for something. I want you to start thinking about this. I want you to start looking. I'm gonna do something different and I want you to know it. So start looking for it. How many of us, ever look for what God's going to do new in our life? Or do we just get caught up in the mundane, everything, everyday thing? I get up in the morning, I pray my prayers, I read my Bible, I do my devotional, and then I continue on with my day. And we leave out the behold. Anybody? Behold. God says when you get up in the morning, wouldn't it be exciting if, if the moment you woke up, you just heard out of nowhere, behold. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That's what he said. But continuously looking for what God is doing in you, with you, and around you, in the world, in the church, in the business, any of the seven mountains, behold and look. Because see, if we set that in our mind, if we put that in the place of our lives, then the new things don't become so scary. But if we just draw, find ourselves walking around in the religious mindset that many of us have had 
all throughout our lives, if we realize that, if we stop and say, wait a minute, there is something that God is trying to show me about me, about the world, about things around me, how I can partner with him to advance the kingdom. I did, I, there's several scriptures that we could look at, but I want to share a couple with you that just out of the Old, out of the Old Testament that really kind of blow my mind. When you, when you talk about people beholding or seeing something from God, go, I don't have this on the screen. First Kings chapter 17. Here's what's happening. This is with Elijah when he's going to this place that where the widow of Zarephath is going to feed him. And I got to thinking about new things. Here's a woman that is dying, about to die because she doesn't have anything to eat. And when she's doing this, she's, she's going out trying to find some wood. I'm going to read the scripture in just a minute, but I want to give you something to look at. She's finding wood, but God made a promise in verse 2. He said to Elijah, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. But look what he says. Behold, I have commanded a widow to feed you. Now, think about this, prophet. You're getting away from where you are now. You're moving to someplace new. You're going to do something. And when you get there, I've got, a, I've got a plan for you. And that plan is I've got a widow that's going to feed you. Now, she doesn't know it yet. I've planned it. She doesn't know who it's going to be. But we're going to partner to take care of you, prophet. See, when we think about new things, we don't even always think about somebody maybe there that God sends and says, this is just the perfect one for you. I, I brought this person into your life to help you to become all that I want you to be, but also to help you do what I've called you to do. See, when God brings people into our lives, those become new things, but the world tells us you don't need those kind of people in your life. We don't need relationship the world thinks, when God caused us to be relational in everything we do. But see, the world wants us to be this strong person, this person that, that just moves through life. And we forget that, God, I can't do what you want me to do without the people around me. I might be able to build a business on my own. I may have the acumen to do that. I may be able to be the best teacher that there ever was. But God, when it comes to doing the things of the kingdom, I can't do it alone. See, there should be some comfort in that. Because many times what we do is we try to do all this stuff alone on our own. And we, as a result of that, we wear ourselves out. We don't allow people to speak into our lives. We don't allow God to use us even to help other people. So we miss the new thing that God is trying to do. And this widow is here. I love the story in verse 12. It says, and, and she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now look at it. I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it. You know the rest of it? And die. Wow. Now, who, who is getting this new thing? Is it Elijah or is it the woman? Because the woman has her mindset that she's getting ready to die. 
How many of you have ever looked at your life and thought, oh my Lord, I, I, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this. I really do not know, God, how I'm gonna make it through this. God, I know that you're faithful and I've watched it in other people's lives, but I don't know. I don't know about my finances. I don't know how I'm gonna be able to do this. I don't know what God, oh God, I'm about to die. But if God tells you to do it, he's got a provision for you. See, when God says, I want you to do something for me, I want you to partner with me. Don't ever take it for granted that it's not gonna work. The only reason it won't work is if you're not obedient. Isn't that exciting? Because if God says it, it will come to pass. But if my disobedience, in my disobedience, it will not work because I will tell him no. This widow, when she's doing this, she is hearing something and she knows that she's about to die. But look what Joshua, uh, Elijah said. Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first, oh my gracious. But first, before you eat, but first, make me a little cake and bring it to me. Afterward, make it for yourself. Oh, my Lord. Now, that is probably the most selfish thing that anybody could do in the world. Here's a woman. She's hungry. Her kids are hungry. And she, he comes along and says, now, I know, go fix something to eat, honey. And when you get it fixed, bring it to me. Right? When, do you ever feel like what God is saying is saying, I've got something I want you to do, but don't do it the way you think you're going to do it. See, we, we get so caught up in this thing of what we know or think we can do or should do, and we live our life that way, but God says, no, wait a minute. If you will be generous, if you will be grateful, if you will be obedient in love, and give, ooh, I think the scripture says something about that, doesn't it? Give and it shall be given to you. How? Press down. Come on. Say it with me. Shaking together and running over. Oh, let's see if we can find this here. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent. And the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Wow. A new thing for this woman who's about to die. God says, in your generosity, I will provide all that you need until the rain comes. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good new thing. Pretty good new thing. See, if we can grasp that, see, we don't even know that. That's why it's a new thing for us. There are many people in this room today that don't understand gratitude. They don't understand generosity. They don't understand how to live outside of themselves because they're too busy living for themselves. But see, when we as believers, God is saying, I'm doing something new. 
in this house and specifically in the body of Christ. I'm teaching you that I love you. I'm teaching you that I have a plan for you. I'm helping people understand. See, when God is doing that, what he's doing is he's saying to each of us, step out in what I've said, step out in what I've promised and believe that I'm going to do what I say I can do. See, when we believe that, we begin to understand that we begin to see God in a whole different light. There's another passage in, in the Old Testament that I love. It's when the children of Israel were in captivity in, in Babylon. How many of you enjoy, would, would enjoy being captive in a, another country? I've been in some other countries, and I'm telling you right now, I don't want to be captive in any of them. I want to be at home. But there's a danger that those kind of things can happen all around us. People go to Mexico, and there's a, there's a threat. They go to Africa. There's different places. When they go, there's a threat that something could happen. Well, in this case, in Jeremiah, what God is talking to, he's talking to the children of Israel, and he's got, they are in a place where actually he's put them. And when he put them there, he, he didn't want them to just be beaten down. How many, how many of you are glad you live in America? How many of you wish it was different? Oh, yeah. There's some, some things that used to be that we wish were here again, but there's more things that, that we want in our lives, so it's wonderful to be here. But if we get bogged down in the mundane or the things around us, if we get bogged down in our problems and quit listening to God, we're not gonna hear what he is saying is new for me today. What he's saying here to Israel, I love it. He told them, he said, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. And give your daughters in marriage. And daughters take wives, uh, and daughters take wives for your sons. And give your daughters in marriage. On and on he goes. But seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. And pray the Lord on behalf, for, it is, for in its welfare you will find welfare. Uh, that, that's kind of crazy thinking. Why wouldn't I be mad about everything going on around me? Why wouldn't I be upset? Why would I listen to God that says, I want you to enjoy life in the midst of your problem? I want you to be alive and understand that I want you to build houses and I want you to live in them. I want you to have what I promised you in your word. Everything isn't perfect, but he said, I want you to think different because I'm doing something different. I'm bringing an understanding in the middle of what's going on in your life. I'm saying, now, I'm still God. And I want you to open your eyes and your heart to that so that you can see the new thing because you don't know what God's gonna do. You don't know the new thing God has for us. He may have that job that you need. He may have that new house that you need. He may have that relationship restored that you need. There's so many things that he is doing that will be new to you and new to me, but not new to him. From the very foundation of the world, he knew exactly what was going on. I love it, I love it, I love it. God's moving in the church and the world today differently than he ever has before. And some of the things that he's restoring in relationship to what I've already said, I wrote down a few things. He's restoring the concept of the kingdom of God, living in that kingdom and not religious duties. Amen. See, that's a new thing. I've been 
studying the kingdom of God for a long time. And just God's been just shows me things and shows me things. And I come here and Steve blows my mind. And, and uh, you know, God just is, is so full of stuff that he's trying to teach us about the kingdom and about what it means to live in the kingdom and what it means to understand that we don't have to live in the old things of religion. Now, I'm not saying everything that we learned was bad, but I'm saying religion is something that holds on to your heart or holds on to your head where the kingdom holds on to your heart. See, if, the, if, the, if religion holds my brain, if religion controls the way I think, then it's hard for God to be able to say, I want to take your heart into a new arena. I want to take your heart into a new place because my mind won't go there. See, when we're understanding that and begin to see that revelation, we need it now. How many of you know religion hadn't got us anywhere? How many of you know that the relationship with God is the way to help us to be able to find not only peace, but also the joy that God's got for us? He's teaching us, I love this part, he's teaching us the need to love and not judge. How many of you know, how many of you know it's easier to judge than it is to love? Amen? Uh Uh-oh. Well, if we say it, then that means God wants to do something about it. Here's the reason. Because the goodness of God is what draws people to him, not judgment. See, I believe with all of my heart that this generation that's coming up behind us and the one prior, I believe with all my heart, the one thing it needs is to know that somebody loves them. Know that somebody cares about what's going on in their life. And sometimes we just need to learn to listen and we need to learn to be. Not always trying to convince people, but the love of God gives people the right to be different, but responsibility on our part to love them the way he loved them. And in that love, God's going to begin to reveal how much he really cares and draw them to himself. Do you understand the love of God is so powerful and so strong that when that love is being exercised and that love is being moved on, the love itself draws people. I've never, I've never been able to understand how we think telling everybody how wrong they are is going to get anywhere. I don't understand that. Because if I'm not careful, what I will do is I'll tell you what's wrong with you, and I've got some hidden things in me that I don't want you to know about. But can I tell you what? We've all got a mess. But when you give your heart to Jesus, you become a a Christ follower. When you do that in your life, he begins to work on you. The one thing that I think would be good for us to all confess is, God, I don't need to judge anybody else. I just need to worry about me. But see, if we could do that, wouldn't that be a neat new thing that God did in our lives where we quit looking at other people and looking at what they're not doing or should be doing or whatever and just say, Lord, I'm going to love that person. I may not agree with what they're doing. I may not agree. I may not. I might not even like them. But I'm going to love. 
See, when we, when we begin to understand that, we begin to see that God is doing something in a totally, totally different way. Because I grew up, I've been, like I said, I've been doing this, I've been around this a long time, and, and it wasn't ever about love. It was all about, always about checking off the boxes to make sure you did everything you were supposed to do. And then when you saw somebody else's box, then you had the prerogative to check their box. Oh, they missed that one. I'm glad I didn't miss that one, but oh, you did. A new thing is God saying, I love you and I love the people. God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believes in him. It can be the, oh, come on, name somebody that you look at and you think, they're going to split hell wide open. <laughs> and just remember, Jesus died for them. He loved them that much. Does he want any of us to stay where we are? Absolutely not. He's got all of us in a trajectory to become, as, as Christ followers, to become like him and to be partners with him in the world so that the world can know and see him. I don't have time to go into all that I wanted to go into. That was just an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do take your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 10 with me. I want to show you just a few things and we're going to, we're going to draw a conclusion, and we're going to, I'm going to ask you to begin to look in a little bit and just ask yourself the question, God, what's new? What do you want new for me? I'm not going to be afraid of it. <coughs> Excuse me. Acts chapter 10 is the newest thing. Oh, thank you, John. Acts chapter 10 is, is a picture of the newest thing that God has for the for the believers because he's decided what he prophesied in the Old Testament about a new thing. He's decided now he's going to do it. Messiah's already come and now it's time to move from just the Jewish believers, those that were, that were born again Jewish believers that still many of them still followed some of the Jewish traditions with circumcision and different things. But now God's getting ready to do something totally different. He's getting ready to take the gospel message to the Gentile world and he's going to do it through a man who is already in love with him. His name's Cornelius. He was a Gentile, and, but a man that loved God. You, could, you can read it in, in the first few, chapter, few verses of chapter 10. He loved God. He was very generous. There were things about him you look at. And, and so I've, I've, always, I've always looked at Cornelius and I tried to decide, okay, God, was he, was he a believer? Was he a Christ follower? Was he not? And you read all the different commentaries and, you know, different people have different opinions. My opinion is he loved Jesus with all of his heart. What God is trying to do now is trying to show that the Gentile world is just as important as the Jewish believers. And then out of Cornelius, now listen to this, when you, excuse me, when you read the next verse, chapter, what you're going to see is you're going to see a repercussion because of what Peter did. Aren't you getting excited? I'm going to partner with God and I'm going to cause a mess. <laughs> Here's Cornelius. I'm not going to try to read all the scripture because it's probably very familiar to all of us, but 
when, when Cornelius is up on, up on his rooftop, he's, the Bible says that he's a man, he would bring his family around, he would teach his family about Jesus. I love this man because you see him doing things that, that we ought to be doing all the time ourselves because his family is important to him. And his family's important, so he brings him in. He's, he's talking to God. All of a sudden, this angel appears to him. How many of you, I won't go there. Anyway, wouldn't it be exciting if just an angel sat down beside of you and said, hey, I got news for you, brother. I've got a new thing that's coming to your house. How many of you know the Holy Spirit that says that all the time, if we listen? See, we look at the Bible and we see angels and we, see, we think that's what ought to happen to me. Let me tell you something. You have the spirit of the living God as a true, as a born-again mom and dad, husband, daughter, wife, son, living inside of you that hears Father, and Father hears him, and there's this wonderful communication that goes on in the spirit realm. The heavens open every time that we're willing to listen, and God is ready to do something in our lives. So we don't need an angel. I'm not saying they're not here. I'm not, I, I would love to see one. I think it might scare me a little bit, but I, I know people that have seen them. But here's the thing I do know. The new thing that God wants to do is for us to understand we don't need an angel. We've got Holy Spirit. We've got Holy Spirit so real in our lives and so powerful inside of us that he speaks to us the things of heaven. So we look, we listen. And so here Cornelius is is up here and he's wanting to know more. And so God says, okay, I want you to send some people. I want you to go find Peter. I want you to go find John. I want you to go find Mary. I want you to go find Alexander. I want you to go find, you hear, are you hearing what I'm saying? There are people in this world, if we will listen, that God says, I've got somebody. It may not be a widow of Zarephath, but I've got a Peter. I've got a John. I've got a Mary. I've got an April. I've got, a, I've got somebody that can come to you and will help you. And so if you're sitting here today and you're one of those people that you would be like a Cornelius, you'd say, God, I know there's more. I know there's something you want me to do. I'm here. Tell me something. I want you to know that today is your day because Holy Spirit not only brought you here, in a minute we're going to have the prayer team down here. They may be the one that actually God uses to open the way for you to see the truth that you've been looking for. Or it may be somebody sitting on the seat beside of you. See, when we as believers begin to believe in God's new thing, we begin to open ourselves to him and we begin to say, okay, God, I'm ready. Cornelius sends for Peter. <laughs> I gotta t- I, we got to deal with this, okay? Here's the part about Peter that just, this is the new thing. Can you, can you believe God is going to rock Peter's world? He sends this sheet down and when this sheet comes down, it's filled with all kinds of animals that Jews don't eat. That's why Peter said, when God says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter, oh, not me, God. Can you believe that he would do that? Can you believe that he would have the nerve to say, no, not me. God, you must be wrong. But here's something we need to think about Peter. Peter had a natural hunger. Scripture says he was hungry, but he didn't get to eat. He had a natural hunger, but he had a spiritual hunger. He had a hunger deep inside of him that went beyond what he was normally used to. And, but he realized a new thing requires me to let go of some old things. I remember as God began to show me things, baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
man, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was in a group that you didn't even talk about it. I had to realize that I had to let go of some stuff. What it wound up doing, I let go of a church because they didn't want me anymore. But see, the thing is, you have to let go of some things sometimes to pick up the new. That's what's happening with Peter here. Peter, in this passage of Scripture, in in, uh, Acts chapter 10, Peter is going to be used by God to expand the kingdom of God. And in the doing of this, he's got to change the way he thinks. The religion that he grew up in, the religious things that he understood, the things about eating and all of it, he had to let it go. Can I tell you this? Peter, when he walked away from this experience, if you read that entire passage of Scripture, when he walked away from this experience, he was closer to God than he ever was. He moved in, like I said earlier, into the next chapter where he has to defend what God is doing. Wow. I mean, that's a pretty big leap. But he did it. So when God spoke to him, he gave him a word. You remember what that word was? What I call clean, don't call unclean. In other words, Peter, listen, I know you love me, but this new thing means that you're going to have to pay attention to what I say, not what you've heard. See, because what I've heard, if it doesn't line up in totality with this, if it doesn't, then I have to let go of that to hear what he's saying. And a new thing is a revelation sometimes of something that I knew a little bit about, but now he's revealing more to me. And sometimes it's so different. He says, you've got to make such a change in your life that Peter, in order for you to help me spread the good news to the Gentiles, in order for the Holy Spirit to fall upon these Gentiles, Peter, you've got to understand, nothing or no one that I created is unclean. You say, well, they got a lot of junk in it. Yeah, so did you. So did I. But oh, Peter, God, I love God. He just says, okay, Peter, I've already got this thing set up for you. Now you're going to have to decide whether you want to do it or not. Because there are two guys coming. Matter of fact, they're here. Now I want you to go. Let me read it to you. This is powerful. Peter replied, let me go on down a little bit further. Yeah, here we go. Now, while Peter was, I love it, while Peter was inwardly perplexed, (laughs) yes, Chris, haven't we all? Anybody ever, see, that's what God does to you sometimes when he wants to change you, get perplexed. One thing I love about our men's meeting we have on Tuesday morning, we can, we can be perplexed and we can go there and just talk to each other <laughs> and we just hash it all out. So, <laughs> and sometimes Steve leaves perplexed <laughs> because he's got to deal with all of us. Anyway, Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision had been, that he had seen might be. 
And the men from Cornelius were there inquiring of his house. While Peter was, listen to this, while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Now here's the part. Rise, go down, and accompany them without hesitation. For I have sent them. See, when we hesitate to do what God wants us to do, he still loves us. He may have to use another method or whatever, but he's still God. He can get done what he wants to get done. So don't think, you know, you messed up. You messed up God's plan, okay? You might have messed up, but God is still God. He's still moving. He's still working. But when we're contemplating that, and some of you may be sitting here this morning thinking, okay, God, there's some things that you've been showing me that I need to step out on. And when we're thinking about that, God, what am I supposed to do with what I'm hearing today? Man, would you come back? We're going to get ready to close. Here's the thing. If you're sitting here today and you're thinking in your heart of hearts and just saying, okay, God, what is it that I need to be doing? What do you want me to really do? What do you want me to learn? What do you want me to experience? What is it that you are doing new in my life? Just ask him, and I'll tell you what, he'll show you. But he's going to also encourage you then to step out and say, this is what I'm going to do with what you're showing me. How many of you, that, just a show of hands, how many of you that recently God's been showing you something he wants to do in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, several of us. You know, you know what you can do with that? You can hear what God said to Peter. Get up and go. See, what, what he was saying to Peter was, Peter, there's a, there's, a, there's a man, there's something I want you to do, but in order to do that, you have to step out in faith in order to do it. And sometimes that may simply mean, like for example, if you're here, you've never given your heart to Jesus and you have this tug in your heart today, today's the day that you just step out in faith and say, today is the, my new thing is gonna be, I'm giving my heart to Jesus. And see, when we do that, when we give our heart to Jesus, wow, what a new thing. But that's not the end of it. There may be some of you here today that you're thinking, you know, God, I just really, there's a new thing that I may need to be doing uh, for the kingdom of God. And that can mean any number of things, but I've just been afraid. I've been fearful. And God says, don't be afraid. Just step out into what I've commanded you to step out into. And I'll be right there with you. Like, remember Peter walking on the water? Oh gosh, there's so many stories of new things throughout scripture. I remember when, when the, the new thing happened with me and my, my wife and family. We were uh, in a little town when God told us to step out and believe him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'd been in that town, I think, three years, pastoring the biggest church of our denomination, biggest church in that area, really. Been pastoring it for three years, and God says, now I want to do something new. I want to do something different. And when he said that, I believed what he said, and I was so excited about it. And I actually stepped into it, and my, my wife and I both did. We stepped into it, and then the repercussions hit after that so that we began to question, but we realized that God had done something so big in our lives that day that our lives would never be the same. But it took a step of faith in order to just say, God, I want to partner with you in the new thing. 
So if God's here today speaking to you and saying, I want to partner with you in something new, maybe it's, maybe it's some type of ministry. Maybe it's you going back into the school system and, and being this new, uh, having this new thing in your heart that just begins to bubble over that people wonder, what in the world happened to you over the summer? There could be so many things that God says, I love you so much, and I want to partner with you in this new thing. Maybe it's just the new revelation that he wants to give you that you're a little bit afraid of. You ever been there? God starts showing you something, you're a little bit afraid of it. That's why I was with the Holy Spirit. But yet you know that you know that you know there's something inside that says, there's something new I want to give you. How about today? Let's stand. The Bible says that when Peter was up on the, the, his rooftop, the Bible says that the heavenly realm opened up. When we were here this morning and we were worshiping, there was just such a presence of God. I went back and I talked to Jonathan. I said, Jonathan, what are you sensing? He said, deep calling to deep. It's what it's been all morning. All through worship, through the word that we had, it's deep calling to deep. That's what it was with Peter on the mountain. I'm up on the rooftop. That's what it was with the widow of Zarephath. There was something deep calling to the depths of God. And the depths of God calling to the deep of those people. Father, this morning as we are here just saying, thank you that we get to partner with you in new things. Lord, there's so many new things that you've done in my life over the years that I'm so excited about. And because without them, I would not be where I am today. God, I pray that each person that's here this morning would begin to realize that the new thing that you want to do is going to give them memories. It's going to give them things that have gone on in their lives. It's going to be things that will change their life forever once they take that step. Let me ask you a question. Would you turn the lights back up for me? If you're here today and you raised your hand a while ago and you're ready to do something, I want you to step out of your seat and come down. I'm not going to ask you what you're doing. I'm just, you're just saying, it's time for me to come off the roof and go do what I know. And I'm asking God for his grace. Would you step out and just come? Okay. We're going to pray over you. Then in a bit, we're going to ask the prayer team to come up too. If you're here today, and let me, let me just, let me say it this way. If you're here today and you've never become a Christ follower, what that means is you've never given your heart to Jesus. And I said that would be the greatest new thing you could ever do. And it really, really is the greatest new thing you could ever do. I don't want to pray for these people without asking you, if you're here and you want to make that decision today, you just feel like it's time. It's time. I want you, if you would, to have the courage. I'm not saying you got to be perfect. God's not saying you got to be perfect. He's not saying everything's got to be right in your life. He's not saying that. He's just saying, I love you and I want you to be mine. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. And you feel that sense of love. And 
no condemnation. He doesn't condemn us. He loves us. The world condemns us. Sometimes religion condemns us, but God loves us. If you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you did and and you just know that you just got to come back. If there's anybody in this room today, even down here in the front, that you'd say, yes, that's me. Would you just raise your hand? Have the courage just to raise your hand. Anybody? Anywhere? Raise your hand. Back here. Amen. Anybody else? Father, this group of people, this person who raised their hand, Father, I pray this morning that this individual, as they are making that decision to serve you, the Lord, today would be the day to say yes completely and surrender all to you. I ask you, Father, to move in their heart right now and take them and captivate them to the fullness of your love. That person that raised your hand, I'd like for you to come down and see me after the service if you don't mind. So Father, these people that are here today in the altar, Lord, that we're, we're stepping out in faith. We're saying, Lord, there's a new thing. There's a new thing. And each one is particular, Father, because you, you need each one in each place. And so I'm asking you that as you have led them to this altar, that Lord, they would hear, begin to hear the direction that you have for them to go in right now. That Lord, you begin to make things clear, that there begin to be a clarity of understanding about not only what it is, but when to do it. And I pray your richest blessings upon each one of them. Holy Spirit, would you come and sweep across this altar? Would you sweep across this altar just like when, when Peter was on the mountain or on the rooftop and the heavens were opened? You were there. You met him. God, the result of that was to change the entire face of Christianity for the rest of life. Lord, what do we have in front of us that we'll, you will use us for? We may not change the world for the rest of our lives, but we, we are there to change that sphere of influence. And Holy Spirit, when you come and you empower us to do what Peter did when he came off that roof, what the widow did when she was able to, to say, yes, I'll do it. When we make that statement, that stand, you make such a difference. So Holy Spirit, come now and reveal what you want to reveal. Empower what you want to empower to fulfill the things of God.